Welcome to PR Armageddon, the podcast about best public relation practices for a new world. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Murray. Today, our guest is Jessica Vanderkolk. Jessica has had a classic PR journey. She studied journalism and worked for multiple small papers, but now she switched to doing PR. She's the communications manager for Battle Creek, Michigan. If you're not familiar, Battle Creek is a small city about an hour southwest of Lansing. It's best known for being the home of Kellogg's. Like many government employees, Jessica is a one-woman PR powerhouse. She does social media management, press releases, video releases, newsletters, website updates, graphic design, and more. I asked her about how she juggles all her different responsibilities, her transition from journalism to PR, and how her job has changed due to the pandemic. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here, Jessica. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be with you. Oh, great. So full disclosure to everyone listening, Jessica and I went to Michigan State together and we were great friends back then, but we have not talked in a few years. So this is a great opportunity for us to catch up, but for everyone else to hear what you do for the city of Battle Creek. So what is your role? My title is communications manager, and that covers a lot of things. The highlights are I do press releases and media relations for the entire organization. I should probably uh, back up and say I am a staff of one. Mm -hmm. So so I do that for all of our departments. That includes police and fire. Some organizations have their own um, information folks for those departments, but we do not. Wow. I manage, yeah, I manage all of our social media. Um, We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Nextdoor, for those who are familiar. I call Nextdoor the Facebook for neighborhoods. It's neighborhood specific. Mm -hmm. Uh, And YouTube. I am the communications voice, I guess, for all of the projects we do. We have a lot of project things going on right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I serve as the city's public information officer. So that means I handle any emergency communications. So, you know, that's just a a normal day, except we're in an emergency. And so I've been handling the COVID-19 communications. We are actually working. So Battle Creek's in Calhoun County, Mm -hmm. and we are handling COVID as a countywide response. So I have two counterparts from our county government, one from the government generally, and one from the public health department. And the three of us work together on COVID messaging for the entire county. Wow. So you and your before COVID in your day to day, you were already doing everything from like parks and rec to road construction, to police, to fire, just like anything city related. Correct. And now you do all that plus COVID. Yes. How are you situated organizationally? Like, are you in the mayor's office? Like, who do you meet with leadership regularly? You know, we've talked about the county level and having relationships with them, but how do you even keep track of all that's going on so that you can communicate that to the public? I work out of our city manager's office and I report right to her. I serve on our senior leadership team. So that means I sit in leadership meetings We have a middle management group that we call big group just because there's about 60 people in it. So, so it is a literally a big group. Do you also work with like graphic designers or do you make everything yourself? Like you make, do you do video, the YouTube videos? Is it literally one person shop? 
literally one person. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, I, I definitely have some tools that make my life easier. I have some previous experience with um, the design in particular. My, for the benefit of everyone listening, I went to school for journalism. And so my first career was as a newspaper reporter, which involved some um, page design for the papers I worked for. But my education is not in design. It's not in photography or videography. So those are skills that I've picked up along the way. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of our photography. I do a lot of our videography. I have photo editing software. I have graphic design software. So I do a lot of it myself. Are you self-taught? Somewhat. I've in, in school, I had some photography courses in particular. So I would say I'm a little more formally educated on photography, Mm -hmm. but the videography and the um, video editing and things like that, mostly self-taught and taught a bit by producers at our local public access TV station. I work with them too. Did I mention that I co-produced a TV show? No. (laughs) I do that too. That's amazing. (laughs) That sounds really fun. I mean, they, it it sounds like you have 10 fun jobs. That is about how it is when you're a communication staff of one. It's like 10 fun jobs and they are all fun. It is a lot of work, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy doing it for a city. Well, you must be the most well-informed person in the city. So any fun event, anything happening, you would know about it way in advance. That is the goal. That doesn't always happen just because of the amount of things going on. The good thing about it is I do serve on a community-wide communications collaborative, we call ourselves. And so that includes folks from our large economic development organization, our Chamber of Commerce, our Visitors Bureau, um, and agencies like that, our Community Foundation. And we meet about once a month to talk about things that are going on in the community. So how did you get your current role? Because you started off as a journalist, like you mentioned. Yes. And I covered a variety of topics as a reporter. Um, A lot of the time it was just general assignments. So whatever's going on, I transitioned a little bit into politics and various levels of government just because that was a job that was open at the time I was switching jobs. And the last reporting job I had before I switched to what I do now was covering local governments. Um, And that was in Pennsylvania when we lived there. And so I covered, I think it was seven total governments in our region. And it was great. I loved it. I loved learning about the different things that they did and hearing like all the nitty gritty details and nuances that go into what a local government does. And so when it came time that there, it, it was possible for us to move again, we always wanted to get back to Michigan, our home state. My husband and I are both from here. When I started looking around at jobs, the, this job in Battle Creek came onto my radar and I thought, hey, I, I like local government. I bet I could work for a local government doing this kind of work. And so I applied for it and I got it and here we are. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? 
that was seven. I just celebrated seven years with the city of Battle Creek. Congratulations. Thank wow, you. that flew by. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what's your favorite thing about this role? And what's the most challenging thing about this role? Wow. Okay. The my favorite thing I think is that I still I still kind of get to be a reporter just from the inside. And so it I get to find out even more about the nitty-gritty details and the nuances of what we do. I get to hang out with the team that makes sure our entire city has drinking water and who handle our wastewater and see what the fire department does, not just to respond to fire calls, but to go into our school systems every year and give fire safety education to our kindergartners. And they're really good at it. So it's amazing to watch. The hardest, I think, is some, some combination of being a solo shop and just not having enough time to expand on things the way I'd like to or you know, do as many of the special projects as I would like to do. One thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, the move from journalism to PR is pretty common in PR. A lot of PR people start off in journalism and then eventually move to PR. Right. What do you think the biggest difference is in your day to day? Like we all know theoretically the difference, but you know, in both jobs you're writing, you're working with the public. In your case, you were already, you know, covering local government how does it affect your job to be on the PR side as opposed to the journalism side? The, um, the issue of transparency. And as a journalist, you are working so hard to get transparency for the community, right? From the job I do now, honestly, I try to do the same thing. Most of the time I get to tell perhaps more of the positive stories you know, as a journalist, you've got a limited number of minutes in your broadcast or a limited number of inches in your print publication, and that's it. And you, you only have so much space. Well, I have an unlimited city website I can post to. I have a city Facebook page I can post to every day, but you know, and some of it, some of it's not positive. You know, we have to talk a lot, especially this year about how bad our budget situation is. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like your journalism career just inched you closer and closer to this role. And so it seems really seamless. Yes, it seems like it, it kind of led me that way since the, you know, the local government was the last journalism job I had and then boom, here I am in local government. But you know, to, to the point that you made about a lot of journalists moving into some other form of communications, so true. I worked for a daily newspaper in Pennsylvania and almost everybody I worked with there is gone and they work in some sort of communications role for government, for school district, for um, the university there. Yeah. I mean, we see all the trends, you know, local newspapers are going under or consolidating, but people still need that information that they used to provide. You still need to know who's running for school board and what do they stand for? And what does it mean if we don't pass the millage and you know, people still need that information. So it makes sense Thank that you. those roles have migrated. I'm glad that they still exist. Well, this year, like you, you've alluded to this a couple of times, it's been absolutely nuts with COVID. 
and you you're doing social media management. So I wanted to get in the nitty gritty with that. Do you use Hootsuite or TweetDeck or how do you keep all your channels straight, especially at a time where it's, you know, there's an emergency and you need to make sure everything's consistent and you're not gonna, you know, you may be scheduled a tweet a month ago that isn't relevant anymore or like, how do you just keep a handle? Yes, so I do use Hootsuite to try to keep somewhat organized. Um, and we also use on the other end, we use a service called Archive Social and that then archives all of our social media posts, comments. The main purpose of that is for Freedom of Information Act requests. And when you get into an emergency situation, that is certainly one of the top tips is to look at what you've scheduled. Um, to be honest, I don't even have that much time to schedule a lot anymore. Uh, I do it when I can, but it is, you know, day to day, it's hard to get a block of time with which to do that. But it's funny because when COVID hit, we, along with so many communities around the country, were right in deep with the 2020 census. And so we had a bunch of scheduled posts for that. We had some posts um, promoting a, we do a community calendar every year with photos from the watershed that we live in. And we have monthly posts promoting the photos and the photographers. And we had a bunch of those scheduled. And pretty much I just went through and canceled everything in working with the county, the county uses constant contact to get people to sign up specifically for the COVID information that we send out every week. Has there been a lot of increase in activity in social media since people are stuck at home and wondering what's happening? I think so. And it's, I attribute it also to the, the changes that we've had to make. So our public meetings have been virtual since April and will continue to be probably a bit into 2021 at least. And so that's all of our public meetings. We have a city commission, we have 30 some, I think boards, committees and commissions that meet on various things. And they're not all meeting regularly this year, but, um, but all of them are virtual. And so what that looks like is they all meet via Zoom so we stream every public meeting to Facebook and the it's been fascinating to watch because the traffic on those meetings, even if they jump in and jump back out after a minute or so, you know, they've, they've seen that that committee meets on this subject. And so they've been exposed to another thing that our city does. Well, it's a great perspective because I think so much of the time with COVID, we think about all that we've lost, right? The events that were canceled and everything. I mean, it is very intense, but also there are some positives with figuring out new ways to do things and increasing engagement and making it easier for people to see what you're doing. Our YouTube channel is not something that I had really cultivated and tried to build uh, before COVID. Well, now uh, we do so much on video for our COVID response, for example, we, we translate our COVID information into Spanish, Burmese, and American Sign Language because of those are the top um, languages other than English that are spoken in our community. And so for American Sign Language, of course, video is needed to produce that news in that language. And for Burmese, often 
that is a good way to convey information to that community as well. And we did a project. So normally department heads give annual updates at city commission meetings. And our mayor likes to keep the meetings moving pretty swiftly since they're all virtual. So we haven't done those staff reports. We couldn't hold an in-person um, city fair that we hold in our downtown where we invite people to come down and meet staff and learn about different departments. We are losing this educational piece. And so we created a playlist that I called City 101. We had every department essentially record a departmental overview 101 staff report video that we put on our YouTube channel. Our commission has been able to learn about the different departments. Five out of nine of our commissioners were brand new after November 3rd. And then after the year, we'll start a campaign that rolls those out to the public. That's really exciting doing public education. And I had no idea that there was a big Burmese population at Battle Creek. That's such a great point about just thinking about government PR. You have to know your constituents really well and what they need. And, you know, like doing the American Sign Language and thinking about that outreach. How is it with people who maybe are older or don't have broadband at home? You know, how do you stay in contact with people if they're not necessarily on their computer a lot? We have, um, but we actually stopped it because of issues. Um, and that's, that's really tough. That is another, you know, language acts is tough. Meeting everyone they are is tough. Um, that is something I think about a lot because when we've done informal surveys, for example, I know that there is a portion of the population that needs those traditional forms of information. And so we've, we've tried to do different things to make that work. Um, we have done a printed newsletter before. Um, it went out every other month in our water bills. The one problem with water bill inserts is that we know that for renters, for example, the water bill might go to the landlord and so the tenants would not actually see the inserts. We do some printed materials that we have at um, City Hall and our other building facilities. We've made some cool um, postcards that list phone numbers for our city departments and where to get information from the city. The public access TV station I mentioned has been a really big help. They um, broadcast on cable, of course, and they also have, um, they also show live streams on their website and then also keep those programs on demand. That is amazing. Like the more you talk about getting in the nitty gritty of your job, it just sounds overwhelming. Like there's so many moving parts and you are helping so many different people get the information from so many different departments, so many different ways. Whew. How do you measure, <laughs> <laughs> how do you measure effectiveness or who, I guess part of it is who do you report to? Like, how do you know if you're doing a good job? Because there's always more you could do. That is absolutely true, yes. And that, you know, that's tough because it's, um, there are so many moving parts. And, you know, I have a great relationship with my boss, our city manager, and she is super encouraging 
And, you know, sometimes we have priority talks about, you know, what, I don't have the capacity for this. So how do we accomplish, you know, whatever we need to do. And so she's really helpful with that. We have an executive assistant in our office who supports the city manager and also supports me. I couldn't live without her and she retires next year and I will sob when I oh. lose her. <laughs> she's, she's been with the city such a long time and just has that great level of institutional knowledge and is a great friend. So, you know, it's hard when um, a community has to give such a person a well-earned rest. For probably four years, I did a communication survey just to our organization, you know, to, to, to find out how we're doing. Um, and, you know, I just did it with SurveyMonkey for those four-ish years, which is fine. And I would get an okay amount of feedback and was able to make some tweaks and, and upgrades here and there. But it felt like it was getting stale, you know, sometimes you just need a change. And so last year I started going to staff meetings in person and talking to departments, you know, I'd give them a shortened version of my spiel about what I do here and try to get feedback from them on, on certain things and hear from them. And I like to give this example of something on our website that took a minute to change and hopefully is making um, an important impact. So there is a button on the homepage of our website that for five-ish years has said public notices. And somebody in our utility billing department said, you know, when I see public notices and when I get some phone calls about public notices, people expect to see things like boil water advisories there. It is a public notice about something that is happening. What that actually leads to is the list of our public meeting notices that are outside of regular, regular meetings. So all we had to do was add the word meeting to that button, public meeting notices. And so, you know, it's a little change, but words are important. Yeah. I mean, two things about that story jump out at me. One is, you know, I always say you want as many eyes on your work as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because oh, yeah. what, like you said, it might recall something in one person's mind and another person reads it differently. But two, even though you're completely busy, you're totally slammed and don't have enough time, you are regularly making time to solicit feedback in multiple ways, using surveys online, and then also going to meet people face-to-face. -face. And I think that's so important because otherwise all critique is valid, right? But if you, right. when you ask people, what should I actually change? Suddenly, a lot of times they don't have anything to say, you know, or you can it's tell true. them, or you can tell them why, you know, like we're required by law to do it this way, or mm -hmm. here's the meaning behind it. Um, and suddenly you have a lot more buy-in because now it's a communication, you know, it's a conversation. So for my students who are listening and they're going to be graduating, most of them will be graduating in April and they're looking for PR jobs, communication jobs. Any advice for them, you know, what you look for if you were, if you ever got the budget to hire an assistant um, uh. <laughs> or if they were, you know, going to try to apply to journalism jobs, mm -hmm. anything that you would tell them? Cause it's such a weird time to be graduating. It is a really weird time. And, you know, hopefully we're in a better place by then, by the time that they're graduating in the, the late spring. 
Um, but who's to say? And you know, I <laughs> I see stories so often about people who have started new jobs and they've never met their team in person. And what a strange world that is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, you know, be be connected. Being connected is important, you know have a presence. You don't have to be on every social media platform, for example, but it is, it is really helpful. And I have found this, especially this year. Um, and I don't know if it's the pandemic that has just driven us closer, but, um, you know, find, find the place where you feel comfortable and be present there and look for your, your peers and colleagues in the, the PR communications or journalism world and follow what they're doing and contribute to conversations. There are some great, um, I'm on Twitter most often for that purpose. And there is such a great local government and government social media group of folks that use Twitter for that reason. And it's such a great way to learn from each other, to build each other up. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's really important right now, I think, is being able to to share our accomplishments and successes. Everybody has has figured out how to do something, you know, and to have a place to go to say, you know, I'm trying to do this. Like we, I just did this with a group. Our city is trying to start, well, not trying to, we're going to start a 311 call center that people can call within the city limits. And I went to my government peers and said, who has started one? What are your websites? What are your promotional graphics? Show me everything. And they do, people step up. We've, we've all done these things before and we can share. And that's such, such a, big, a big deal, especially now when we can't be in person. So I think it's, it's so important to find your people and share things with them. And that, you know, that promotes you as well. And also to get involved with organizations. I think that's super important right now too. I'm, you know, I'm a member of several that have to do with local government, communications, and social media for government in particular. And they are still providing training opportunities. A lot of people are doing webinars. Um, and it they provide additional platforms and networks, virtual conferences. It's so important to keep educating yourself and working on your skills. And those are great opportunities once you're done with school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this advice because I feel the fear is you graduate and you leave the university where you're part of this institution. And then if you don't find a job right away, you're stuck at home, right? In the sense that you're not going to go the traditional networking mixers, you're not going to go to church and let everyone know you're looking, you know, right. like, how do you find that very first role? And I think we just have to get creative. You know, the advice used to be, if you're looking for a job, lock down all your social media. And now right. that's shifted, right? If it you has. don't, absolutely. if they can't find you on social media, it looks suspicious. Right. That, just, just assume that someone's going to Google you and look for you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And think about like, okay, maybe I keep my Instagram with a fake name because that's private, but then you need a really robust LinkedIn or a really robust Twitter. And if you're hoping to get a job in PR, hopefully both. 
and then maybe a port an online portfolio so that you can show employers what you can do. Jessica, thank you for being willing to take some student questions. Absolutely. I am happy to hear from everyone. Great. Well, this first question is from Cameron. Hello, Mrs. Vanderkolt. My name is Cameron Bruce. First, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to our class. My question to you is, as someone who is majoring in political science and communication, who wants to do governmental PR, what is the culture like working within the government? Uh, I know that an organization's culture is incredibly important. Um, you want to fit in well, obviously, with the people that you work with, but also to fit in well with the community. So what is the everyday culture like when working in government PR? I really liked this question because I feel like culture is the most important thing for job satisfaction. A lot of it will have to do with your specific organization. You know, I can talk a little bit about um, government PR and communications in general, but of course it's going to differ from agency to agency. And case in point, to sort of show it depends on your people. So when I started with the city of Battle Creek in 2013, we had a different city manager. That person kind of sets the tone for the entire organization. The, the city manager who hired me was very um, family oriented, very team oriented, very personable. And that those were all things that were attractive to me in the organization. Not long thereafter, in 2014, we hired the city manager who I work for now. And she is similar in that she is family oriented. She is very understanding and flexible of your commitments and needs outside of the job. Um, something as a parent that is really important to me. And so that, that sets the tone for the organization and for our culture. And to me, that, that was the kind of culture I wanted to work for. There's a lot of trust there. And that's something that's really important to me. My city manager has a lot of trust in me to give my thoughts on projects that we're doing, communications plans for um, certain parts of our organization. And so I get a lot of freedom to create and suggest things. They are not always what we go with, but a lot of times they are. And so having trust in an organization is something I would always look for in work. Just so, you know, you're learning to, you're learning what your creativity is and what you want to offer to this industry. And so it's important that wherever you go, they, they see that and respect that. And you have some of that flexibility to be able to use it. That makes a lot of sense. And so one of the themes that came out with there was leadership and how much the culture of the organization can change based on who the leader is. But another thing that you made me think of was that government PR is often lower paid. And so smart leaders are going to try to compensate for that by giving you more creative freedom or 
more valuing your opinion more or more work-life balance or whatever it is, but trying to retain talent through some perks or some special recognition of the fact that you serve, right? This is public service. This isn't, you know, get rich. (laughs) Yes, that is true. But um, another good point that you make there is that it can be important to stand up for yourself as well. I actually, um, several years ago, you know, being, being valued as part of the organization, even though I, I don't manage people, I don't set my own budget. I'm part of a department's budget. Um, but nonetheless, I am considered part of our senior leadership team, for example, and I appreciate being heard that way. And I, several years ago, I did petition our HR and city manager for an increase in pay grade and a change in title. I hired into the city of Battle Creek as a communication specialist. And typically that would be um, on the lower end of the pay spectrum for communications jobs, um, as opposed to say somebody like a director, a communications director who might be in charge of an entire communications department. Well, I don't have a department, so, <laughs> uh, but- You are with, the department. I am the department. So <laughs> with, the, with the work that I do, I petitioned to upgrade my title to communications manager, which it was, it was based on some research of similarly sized cities, other cities in Michigan, looking at staffs and responsibilities compared to mine. You know, I made a suggestion of pay grade based on our pay scale at the time. And of course our HR has more access to different databases with those kind, that kind of information. And so um, their counter offer was somewhere in the middle of where I was and what I suggested. Um, and I was good with that. And so we made the change and you know, I felt really valued that, that I was heard and I felt like I had done my research to the extent that I could to, to make the case for that. And, and that was accepted. And again, leadership has to be open to that. So, you know, again, with the, the trust and feeling comfortable with the, the leaders where you are looking to hire into, but, you know, it can be a tough job. It can be a low staffed and low resourced job. So I highly recommend um, standing up for yourself as well and the work you do and the value you bring to any organization. It's such important advice. And it's another difference between private PR where all those pay scales are typically hidden. Whereas if you're in government PR, you can usually just Google, right? All of that's public record. What is Mm -hmm. the calm person two cities over earning? Like you were referring to pay grades, those are standardized and you can use those to your advantage sometimes. So that's great. All right, next question. Hi, Jessica. My name is Candace Coates. Um, the question that I have for you today would be, for those students that are looking to get more involved in their local government PR um, after graduation, what are some things that we can do now um, to kind of help that process along and gain some experience so that we're more prepared when we graduate? All right. Thank you. A lot of students had this question. And that's a good question. Really, I think, and I think we talked about this a little bit um, when we talked previously for the podcast, 
getting getting out there and talking with others who are in the industry, um, whether that is LinkedIn for you, uh, that's Twitter for me, and finding other professionals who do what, in this case, what you want to do. It's a great way to see what's out there. People share a lot of what they're working on. One of the neat things that I have found, especially recently with, and maybe it's just because of the pandemic, but with um, government communications, I have found that we are a lot of creative people who create a lot of neat things and we share it all. It's, you know, it's one of those, nobody needs to reinvent the wheel. There are listservs that I'm a part of for different organizations where someone will say, hey, I created this for this occasion if anybody wants to use it. I have a Canva template for this or this and you can have it if you want it. So there's a lot of sharing and you just tailor it to your organization. It's great to get your creative ideas moving by seeing what other communities have done. And so getting, getting into that, you can look into organizations that have student memberships as well. Um, they're, I believe the Engaging Local Government Leaders, that's an organization I'm a part of. I'm pretty sure they have a student membership and that includes all local government professionals, but there are plenty of communications folks in there as well. And also there is one called Government Social Media. And that one, as it sounds like, is specifically focused on social media and government. And there's just a lot of sharing and networking that goes on. And it's, it's so helpful. And you can see what's out there and what people are doing. The other thing you can do is um, you can use their websites or whatever social media platforms you're on. Look for, look for cities you're interested in, look for your hometown. Just look at what they, they're doing and you can kind of get an idea of what's out there, what other communities are doing already, what, what kind of jives with you and what you might be looking for in your career. So I think those are some of the top things that could help you now. Thanks for sharing specific resources and groups to join and things to follow because it's absolutely yeah that's very helpful all right our final question hi jessica my name is madeline mcgill and i'm so excited to be working with you this semester my question for you is when working in small government public relations how do you accommodate so many different opinions and mindsets I know you're going to run into a lot of different viewpoints on what should be taking place and occurring in your local government. How do you try to please everyone, but also cope with the idea that a lot of people are ultimately going to be unhappy and disagree with the opinions you have to make? Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. That is a great question because your target audience is really diverse. It's not just customers attracted to what you're selling or some little segment of the population. It's the entire population of Battle Creek. Right, which is a great point. Your audience is the entire community. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's interesting, there are actually a couple, a couple of different ways to look at that question. And one is the community that is receiving all of your messaging, but the other is just to get it to the point that it's going out you are going to be working with a staff of communicators or 
like in my case, you're just going to be working with your organization and depending what it is you are communicating about, you're going to need information from a certain department or portion of your agency. You're going to need approval of your writing and your creative assets and things like that. And so it's, it's really just something you've got to learn by doing is, is one of the best ways to get through that part of it. You very quickly learn that you have to work as a team. Um, I have learned to be very firm in my suggestions because I know that I am a trained and knowledgeable communications professional. You know, when I feel strongly about a campaign that we're working on, I try to be firm about that and really talk talk people through what, what that's going to look like and it's going to work great and here's all the things we're going to do. And usually when you have a good plan, it, it makes people feel at ease that you, oh, you do know what you're doing. We can do this. And so that can be a struggle sometimes, but, um, you know, being, being open to hearing their concerns and knowing that you have this are both really important when it comes to actually getting something created to get out there. In terms of the feedback you'll get from your community when you are putting your information out into the world, um, unfortunately, that's kind of a trial by fire as well. You, you just have to know that you won't please everybody. Something that I have learned to accept through the years is that most of the time, the, the comments that you get, even if it feels like a barrage of negativity, look at what the actual number is. Is it 25 or even 100 negative comments at you or negative feedback? Well, the population of Battle Creek is about 51,000. So even 100 out of 51,000 is nothing. It's peanuts. It's not that many people. So it feels like a lot, but you have to remember that the it's often a vocal minority and many, many thousands more people in your community who are okay or maybe don't have strong feelings about that topic either way are just taking in your information and moving on with their day and not saying anything to you about it either way. That's a really healthy perspective for any social media manager. Yes. It's hard <laughs> psychologically. It is, it is hard. And especially because government can be very difficult with the, um, you know, there are quite a number of people who have trouble trusting government and that's okay and we still, engage with them and try to help them build more trust of us, you'll, you just have to keep building on that. And it takes a long time and a lot of hard work, but you're, you're being trained to do that now. And the more practice you get at it, the, the easier it'll be to work through. Good advice, good perspective and good advice. Well, thank you, Jessica, for taking the time to talk with us. You're very welcome. It's good to hear from the students. This podcast was made possible by the Hub for Teaching and Learning at the University of Michigan Dearborn. It was produced by Muhammad Jafar. Hear future episodes by subscribing on Spotify, 
Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, or Pocket Casts.